Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're talking about why it's important to be brave as an artist. But before we get onto that, we want to say a big thank you, as always, to our latest Kofi supporters, because you are the ones that help this podcast to keep going. And we're going to thank each of you personally at the end of the show. Yeah, we always really appreciate the support. Not only does it help us towards the cost of running Kicking the Creatives, that helps us keep doing what we do, but also shows that you like what we do. So a big thank you. And we also want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work for the challenges with us on social media. Um, so much has caught my eye. Robert Murillo, um, he has been doing the Copyist June Challenge. He did an amazing sketch based on uh, Madame X. Do you know Madame X by Johnson no, Sargent? I really love that one. Um, no. Rob Myers as well. He he did, in his own words, something quirky for Portrait July. Now, I, I would describe Rob Myers' work in general not quirky, but dark and mysterious. And this was kind of interesting because he did his dark and mysterious thing, but in a quirky style. And I, I, there's no way I can explain it at all, but it was quite interesting. I don't know how he did it, so no idea how to explain it. But I don't know if you saw that one. No, I don't think I did. No, no. Well, it was for Portrait I'm not doing very well, am I? No, you don't. <laughs> where, where have you been? <laughs> and um, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm so sorry. Terra Letness Aelo. Uh, sorry, Terra. Um, Terra did a gorgeous tonal drawing of the girl with the pearl earring. It was really good. It was like on buff paper with, I presume, like um, a white pastel or Conti or something like that and, and graphite. And it was lovely, really, really lovely. So, yeah, plenty out there going on that's, that's beautiful as always. What about you, Tara? What's caught your eye? Well, I've got some from Instagram. So I've got Peg Massey. Um, and she did some really amazing face tastics, including the latest one, which is a young woman, you know, with the attitude. Oh, with the, the tongue sticking out. out, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All her faces for face tastic have been absolutely incredible. Mm. So go and check her out. It's P E G M A S A E. And then also Lynn W63. She's also on Instagram. She created a really fantastic pencil drawing of the same picture, the, you know, the young girl with the attitude. Uh, it's actually funny because I don't think it was her, but um, somebody else said I was so tempted to make it the other finger that was sticking up because she'd got like um, an index finger was sticking yeah. up, I think. But yeah, I almost did the other one. But anyway, yeah, Lynn's, Lynn's drawing was a really, really nice um, pencil drawing. And actually, if you want to look at any of these, if you go to on Instagram, go hashtag Facetastic Friday, you can see all of those together. Such a popular then also, challenge, isn't it? It is, yeah. And then, then there was one more, which was uh, Timothy Witt in our Facebook group. Yeah. And he did a surprise face of a baby for Portrait July. I don't ah. know if you saw that one. But no, the I expression, haven't seen that one. He really caught it. It was kind of a really funny mm. baby's expression. So, yeah, <laughs> loved all those. Um, but anyway, what is new with you? 
well, I'm over COVID, hurrah. Um, I don't know if anyone out there is listening today and you missed our last episode, um, you haven't missed much. Because <laughs> I, I, nice. well, no, you, no, it, it, I was not very well at all, really, when I was recording that. I, I wanted to record it because I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want, you know, us to have to kind of like rush one through. But oh my God, I did not feel well. And editing that last episode was a joy. I mean, God, the amount of coughing and spluttering and excuse me, Tara, I've just got to go and cough again. Hang on. Um, yeah, so that that was fun. I mean, I say I'm over it. I'm, I feel absolutely fine. There's still a little bit of that sort of... I have got a bit of a sexy voice going on, I think. When I get a cold, I do get a bit of a sexy voice. Because normally I'm very high. I sound like a 12-year-old. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, But anyway, I'm, I'm better now. So I'm really glad about that. Um, I have almost almost finished my commission which is a fried egg we were talking about this just before we started recording weren't we tara um yeah we shouldn't have been should we not really but right now yeah i mean it's it's quite frustrating this particular one because it is the, the actual main pigment in it although obviously i'm mixing it with loads of other different colors um but the main color in this one is white and any oil painter out there will know that white is, um, it takes an age to dry. It really does. So it's that kind of waiting thing. And of course, you have to stare at it so much longer at that horrible, ugly stage that paintings so often go through. Um, so yeah, uh, it has been a, a frustrating time, but I'm nearly there. I think I've probably got, oh, I don't know, one more layer to do and then just detail so yeah so I'm glad to to get that one sort of out of that ugly stage and the the stage where I can see the light at the end of the tunnel but you know when I do commissions we were talking about this just before we we recorded and I was saying because Dara was saying have you managed to do any anything in your sketchbook this week and I I just said well I've just realized that whenever I've got a commission on the go I feel like I don't it almost sucks that creative energy out of me doing that. And I don't seem to find room for anything else. So it seems like everything else just gets put on the back burner and I stop doing all of those other things. So yeah, it's just, I've literally only just really considered that. And that's why I get a little bit dry while I've got a commission going on. But anyway, hopefully it'll be out of the way soon. saying that, Mm. because I'm doing a lot of painting now, I Mm. don't work in my sketchbook. So oh, that's interesting. Maybe so, it's yeah. just maybe some of it is just down to the fact that you're putting your creativity somewhere, so you kind of don't have enough left. Yeah, that and and time as well. Of course, if you're spending yeah. the time on on a commission, then that time is gone, and then you haven't necessarily got time to start, you know, mucking about in your sketchbook. Yeah. But I got my copy um, of Kosha Kuna's uh, new book. Life is better when you draw it. Have you seen Do you that, not, Tara? I, no, I saw you. I saw that you hold up the book, but I didn't realise it was by Kosha Kuna. Yeah. When yeah. You She's and got a book what out. What's it like? I really like it. I mean, obviously, I've, I've only had it, like, I haven't had it for long, so I haven't had a lot of time, chance to properly delve into it. But, um, like I said, I've struggled a lot with time to draw recently, so this has kind of come at a good time for me. And it's it seems to be so far from what I see a really really lovely book, and I absolutely adore 
her sketches, as I know do you, Tara. Um, yeah, we had her on the show, didn't we? We had her as a guest. Um, I can't remember what... Um, it was quite early on, wasn't it? Was it was quite earlier on. It was soon after Danny Gregory. So, yeah, anyone wants to have a look back, she's, she's a, an amazing sketcher. So I was really pleased when she said she had the book coming out and I pre-ordered it. So, of course, it came really quickly as soon as it came out. So, yeah, yeah, really good. So really, what um, is this book? Is it, <clears throat> is it telling you to try some sort of exercises or...? I haven't delved enough into it to kind of get to right. the, it's, but it's basically um, a, a book to encourage you to just draw, you, you know, your life, what's around you, and and you know, not not just yeah, not sort of worry too much about how it looks or whatever. Just get on with it. So yeah, really excited to properly get chance to have a proper look. But yeah, looks like a really nice book from what I can tell. Might even do a little. Um, we we want to do a live Instagram, don't we, Tara? Um, or a live Facebook at some point. And we were sort of thinking maybe a book review. Um, I remember when we had a, one of our meetings recent, well, a few weeks ago. So maybe I could do a little review on that, and you could do a little review on something you've looked at lately. Or I could just ask you questions. About or it, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, what about you? What's new with you? Um, well, I'm still continuing with doing my faces. Um, and actually, the other day, Anna Zubrev, who was on our podcast a couple of episodes ago, hmm. um, she suggested that I should try painting the Red Queen. Now, I didn't actually even know who that was. So the I had Red to Google Queen? It. I, don't know you... I don't know who that yes. is. No, well, it turns out it's... An evil queen in one of the Alice in Wonderland stories. Oh, okay. Not in the first one, I don't think. But I'd never heard it. I'd heard of the Queen of Hearts. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone suggests something to me, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> if somebody suggests I can't do something, then I want to do it. But if they suggest yeah, I no. do, I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if, if someone suggests, oh, why don't you draw this? I'd be like, yeah, No. I don't want to do it. And so I'd kind of dismissed it. I don't want to do that. Um, but then I started thinking about, do you remember I said I took part in that competition? Yeah. It was on Twitter where you had to draw something with an olive background and red. And, and it was yeah. something I would totally not do. And I thought, do you know what? You're doing exactly the same thing. When you dismiss that, you're doing the same thing here. So I thought, okay, let's let's give it a go. Now, Disney had made a film about this Red Queen, and it was um, using, I can't remember her name, there's a very English actress, I can't, El, uh, Bonham Carter, uh, Elena Bonham Carter? No, I don't know, I've never no. heard of her. Oh, anyway, she was th- this Red Queen, and she's obviously been distorted, or they'd taken the computerised version of her face, right. uh, and made her look like this Red Queen, but I didn't want to do it of her I wanted to just create my own so basically what I did was found a royalty free image of just of a woman's face that I wanted to use as a basis and then I just wanted to create this kind of weirdly looking slightly evil queen so I just used that and it wasn't based on anybody else's kind of drawing of her and I did it and I really loved it <laughs> which is <laughs> just, and when I was doing it just what? shows you have to do do you know, I always remember trying to encourage you to do more than one sketch on a page of your book. You were like, no, no, no. And then one, one day, I think you went away to Devon or something, and you, you'd come yeah. up and said, actually, I, I tried it, and I really liked it. So just going to show, maybe you, should, maybe you should do more often what people um, tell you you should be doing. Suggest. Suggest, yeah. yeah. Rather than tell you. So sorry. anyway, 
So anyway, I did it, absolutely loved it. And it sold as an NFT within, I think, a day. Mm. So it was quite a success all round, really. Uh, you, but it's, know, it's I, so funny, yeah. I, I was just talking of um, your... Because we've spoken before and you're like, I don't know, you know, where's a place for my faces? And we've spoken before, haven't we? And now you do well as an NFTs. I think you could do a, um, like a collection of faces for gay pride every year i reckon they would go down a treat really but what would they be of well that's for you to decide if i told you then you wouldn't want to do it (laughs) no no but you i don't mind suggestions like that and i don't mind that you just suggested that say for instance l oh god i get confused l B, what is L, B, G, L, G, B, T, Q, P, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You could do, you could do faces to represent each of those things. Drag queen would be really fun. I think drag queen, I have actually seen another artist do drag queens. Mm. Um, but obviously I would do it different. But you could, you could do this whole, like, whole, like, group of, um, yeah. But I don't think I could do L, G, B, T, because everybody's so different so you know yeah you, you might get a gay man but one gay man you you would see him and you wouldn't know he's a gay man no exactly but then you might get another gay man who's quite you know feminine exactly so i don't think you could do i don't think i could draw a person but to go in the direction of drag queens or something like that would be quite interesting It'd be quite fun wouldn't it yeah or, yeah. or just drawing some really flamboyant people, or something yeah. like that, maybe. But then promote But them I don't know across... how I would target it. <clears throat> no, maybe, well, Twitter, I guess, would be a good place, wouldn't it? Um, Instagram, I don't know. But yeah. around, you know, around the approach to gay pride, there's gay pride in every year, isn't there, in London and Brighton and various yeah. other places, I My imagine. My brother goes to all of them, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you target perhaps, I don't know. But, yeah, anyway, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is interesting. But yeah, it it is funny because I when someone suggests things to me, it's almost like you know how you've got a commission mm. and then it, it that's what always how it feels to me, even though the person's not said because they're paying for it, but I kind of feel a bit more pressure, even though I don't even have to admit I'm doing it, which is kind of bonkers, yeah. but there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And the the other thing I've been doing is um I've been I've started revamping my website. So Oh, and that's tararoskell.com, just to try and sell my physical art. Nicely so I've been plugged. Up, <laughs> I know. Well, you can, you can put yours out later. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I'm trying to put my physical art there. And I've started, but I want what I want to do is show how it could look on a wall. So um, mm. with little, little pictures. Because before I had all the, you remember the colourful faces I was doing? Yeah. The more um, caricature type mm. ones. They are all up there, and I felt like it didn't represent me anymore. Yeah. yeah. If you know what I mean. So, yeah, I'm updating that, but there's still quite a lot to do. It takes ages, stuff like that. Yeah, and it so, looked yeah. amazing, though. It looked what, awesome. What, the new one? Yeah, that big poster. Have you seen it? Yeah, oh, you put no, it... You know, put it's it... My, that's a poster. I'm talking about a website. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. But I still think you should keep your other stuff on the website, but just perhaps as a different collection. Yeah, but I don't want them to be... I want this to be prominent, mm. the the new stuff. Yeah. And I might just have them as a little subsidiary, maybe. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Because I've got my two bottoms 
<laughs> I painted and I haven't put those on my website because I'm like, oh, that just won't go. It just, it's such a different style. So, yeah, I still need to, and actually we were talking earlier, I'm going to have a go at um, putting them as NFTs just to see, just out of interest, yeah. what, what happens. Probably nothing, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but they, they do like bums and boobs on there. <laughs> they so do, yes. Right. <laughs> and it is my bum, so I mean, you know... <laughs> If it yeah. Are you going to say it's your bum? If it doesn't sell, I'll be I'll be absolutely offended. <laughs> Are you going to say it's your bum? Maybe I should. As some, Maybe I said should. that to my friend the other day, and she said, "Oh, you 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 want to be careful about that. You don't want the wrong kind of person buying it because it's your bum." And I said, "I don't actually care. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> yeah, if they buy it. less. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Um, but that kind of links nicely. to to what we're talking about today which is why artists need to be brave and um show their bums not necessarily show their bums how does it link how does show well, because your i think link? i was pretty brave to try a completely new thing for me <laughs> what i was you know i was i was uh playing around with that word we hate juxtaposition i can't even say it juxtaposition between realism and um kind of loose and free art so and yeah, I was kind of like playing with that. So a bit of it was my style, and a bit of it was my sort of sketchbooky style. So um, I just thought that would be fun, quite fun. And to actually put it out there, I think that was quite brave. Um, Are you going to do more of that? I am toying with the idea because I did really enjoy it. But I think oh, what good. I'd like to do because the trouble is the ones I've done are on canvas. Um, yeah, which is a bit of a pain, really. But because part of it is in oils, I need it to be on something that will accept oils nicely. And also, I love the texture it creates on, you know, for things like charcoal. Um, so, I probably what I'd like to do is find some A one, something like A one size that could be rolled or something. I don't know. Um, oh, right. That yeah. would still accept oil and has a bit of texture about it. But I, yeah, so, but I think I might do something a bit smaller as well. But yeah, I am definitely, I, I enjoyed that. So I need to be brave, yeah. Tara. That's what I need to do. I need to you be do brave. You do need to be brave, yeah. And do some more. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's my link. That's why, that's why I thought that oh, okay. nicely. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were brave, brave showing your ass in public. I was pretty brave <laughs> to do that, <laughs> or at least admit it's mine. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, I think I don't know about you, but I think the most successful artists out there are often the ones um, who've been brave and not been, a, you know, afraid to try new things, and they've just put themselves out there, no matter what the outcome or reaction might be. But you know, that's not necessarily easy for everyone, is it? Particularly if you're an introvert like me, <laughs> or like yeah, you. I don't think you're an introvert. <laughs> But if you find yourself to be an artist who's scared to take chances, then I suppose the question you need to ask yourself is exactly what is it you're scared of? And then instead of asking yourself, what's the worst that can happen? How about asking yourself, what's the best that can happen? And in my opinion and experience, if it does turn out to be the worst that can happen, well, you know, is it really that bad? What do you think about it, Tara? Well, no, I mean, you know, I organised that 30 days thing that, with um, different artists where I yeah. everybody released a collaboration. Mm. But you know how stressed I was about you were. that? Well, when it came down to it, I started thinking, like, because somebody wasn't going to put their work up on the day. And then somebody, one person did actually miss it. And you start thinking, well, oh, well, they didn't do it. I can't do anything about it. It's not the end of the world. 
And it is that thing, isn't it? The majority of things are not the end of the world. And, and has it's it had a, a any kind of effect on you since, since the trauma of them not doing it? No, <laughs> not at all. So now you look back... It is a bit back, stressful at the time. Yeah, but yes. now you look back at how stressed and scared you were to do it, I yeah. bet you wouldn't be so scared or stressed next time. If no, you do I don't want to do it time. again because no. it's a lot of work. No. But I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. Because usually I would back out of things like that because it's like, oh my God, how am I going to organise this? I mean, I was even worried about how I was going to pay the charity. Because, you know, one of the things we were auctioning off a charity and I was worried it wouldn't sell. Yeah. And it's like, it's easy. You just convert the money to pounds and you send them pounds. Yeah. So, yeah. Because you're talking about NFTs about here, right? That's why, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. About? Sorry. A lot of worrying <clears throat> about nothing anyway. We don't want to go into NFTs. No. But it's just the idea of you have so many worries about this thing in your head. Mm. And really, the majority of those worries are completely unfounded and they're really tiny. But yeah, if if we don't do these things that we're scared of, we, we never really move forward. And I mean, I actually I'm going to go back to NFTs now because that is something I was terrified of doing because it all seems so complicated. And I'm so regret now that I didn't start it six months earlier mm. because people back then were earning a fortune from it because there were so few artists doing it. Yeah, and you know, and so they were making a lot of money. But it's that thing where Basically, you just got to bite the bullet and think, this is not that bad, really. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, some people, and this includes me, sometimes you get scared of actually starting a piece of work. I don't know if you ever get this. Do you get it? Um, yes, I do. Weirdly, not my complete finished painting, you know, my, my big serious pieces, but more, yeah. weirdly, in my sketchbook. How weird is that? The the thing that shouldn't yeah. matter and doesn't matter at all is the thing yeah. I, I procrastinate about the most. Whereas, you know, a full-on painting, I'm almost itching to get going. Strange, isn't I it? I think that's because you're so confident in how the painting will turn out. Mm. And yet you want to be looser in your sketchbook, so you're not so confident yeah. that you can create the sketch you want, even though you know you can draw well. Yeah. That, that's my thoughts on yeah. it anyway. There was one time where we went, and I think it was when I'd been sketching a lot, I'd, I'd, I'd been getting up every morning for a year, uh, or more actually, just to sketch. I think it was probably more closer to the two years. Every morning an hour early just to sketch in my sketchbook. And I remember going to London with you, Tara, and we did our sketch, um, one of our sketching trips out. And I was like, oh, right, I can't wait. And I, I just, I could not wait to open my sketchbook and I was happy with every single thing I did. And I, it was really, a, it was a lovely way, a lovely feeling to have. It's like, I don't care how it turns out. I'm just joy, enjoying starting it and not worrying about it. But I think um, once I got out of that habit because other things came along, other commitments and things like this and time spent elsewhere, I, I kind of, got out of that habit of drawing every day and then I got to a point where I was starting to hesitate a bit more. I was like, oh, oh, I, I, I'm not so confident now about sketching loosely and wildly. Start and even see. starting. Yeah and, and, yeah, and then I was very stiff when I did start and, of course, then I wasn't happy with the outcome and I was thinking, I hate all of the sketches I've done. So, yeah, it's um, something I, I need to work on again, I think. Just Yeah, um, and that become a vicious circle as well. But mm. I know... I will sometimes hesitate 
if I've got this, especially what what because when I create mine, I do these. Often I use this ink first. I don't know if you've seen where I yeah. just I lay down ink with a dropper bottle, and some of them I actually really like just as ink. I mean, they're not something you could really hang. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can see some of them. I can say, oh, that I can see how that could work really well. And if I can see that it could work really well, I don't like starting it because I'm scared I'm going to ruin that spontaneity when I do it. And it, yeah. it's so ridiculous. So I think quite a lot of people are like that. And we then procrastinate and we build up in our heads that it's going to be this perfect piece. So we don't want to start it in case it doesn't match up to what we're thinking. Mm. Um, so, so what I'm trying to do now anyway for some things is to just commit immediately and not not let myself start talking myself out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, the best that can happen is that by drive it, diving straight in, you know, you might not want, like the result, but you haven't wasted a t- ton of time. And the best thing that can happen is you could absolutely love what you've done. And if you don't like it, anyway, how much does it take just to throw it out and start a new one? Exactly. That's what I think. And even if it is rubbish, you probably learn something from it. Mm. You might like a bit of it. You might have completely hated it. And so that's not going to be how you work again. But I think you learn something. That's the thing. Way. That's that's why it's never a waste of time, you know. In yeah. fact, sometimes when you do something and it doesn't go well, it's good for you because it pushes you forward more, doesn't it? If everything you did yeah, or went it's, well... Yeah, or you can reject it, can't you? Yeah, exactly. If, if everything you did was great you almost wouldn't you wouldn't you'd stop learning you'd stop evolving and moving forward and getting better so sometimes it's important that things don't go right I think Um, just not too often yeah just not too often (laughs) yeah so initially certainly as a beginner I think you know you might just be scared of trying a new subject in case you can't do it and I think this is particularly true of someone who's perhaps got really good at one particular thing. So they might be afraid that they'll go back to all of those feelings they had when they were a beginner, you know, when they're trying something new and it maybe doesn't work so well. Um, But if you think about it, the best thing that might happen is that you could surprise yourself. I mean, I remember when I started, um, I was really scared of painting metal or anything reflective. Um, and then one day I thought, do you know what, I'm going to try it because if I'm scared of it, I just want to get it out of the way and try it. And when I did, I thought, oh, actually, that, that wasn't so scary after all. And, and I realised that, yeah, it looked, it looked pretty good. So I thought, OK, right, my ultimate fear is, is painting gloss, so I'm going to have a go at that. And, of course, anyone who knows, you know, my paintings know that gloss is one of my go-to subjects. It's what I'm probably most known for, really. Um... So thank goodness I I was brave and I just went for it because I, you know, I got better at it and better at it because and I I hadn't wasted six months procrastinating about trying it. And I think the worst that could happen is it's, you know, harder than you might have thought it was going to be. Maybe, you know, you realise it's going to take a bit of practice to get good at it, but that is the worst that can happen. Yeah, I think you can get really scared to do something that will actually push your art forward. Mm. And I think, especially like you said, if people know you for something. Yeah. You know, like um, like people know you, obviously, for, probably before, for doing your teddies and stuff like that, wasn't it? Yeah, very. I used to do vintage teddy bears. And funny enough, 
it was when I was doing those like antique things all around the bears and things like that and I, I, one of them had a magnifying glass in it and one of them had a um a decanter like a wine decanter in it and it was actually while I was doing those bears I realized how much I actually enjoyed painting the glass and reflective objects sitting around the bears even I did one bear that was sitting on a pile of books that were gilded in gold and I was like oh I love you know painting gold without actually using gold and trying to get that goldy metallic feeling in paint without actually using a metallic gold paint which a lot of people may do you know it was fantastic and I enjoyed it so much so you know that's that's what led me actually to going from these sort of old teddy bear sort of paintings to moving on to this sort of the glass and to where I'm at now because it seems a weird leap to take doesn't it if you looked at those paintings and look at what I do now you'd never think wow that's the same it's the same style but it's um I suppose this is much more of a contemporary style isn't it they were more yeah they were more vintage weren't they yeah vintagey style but yeah yeah it's it's one of those things if you these things push you forward you've got to just go ahead and do it you've got to do it because you don't know where it's going to take you yeah, but I can see as well why you might be scared. Like, say say you'd started getting a market for those teddy bears. It's, like, then quite hard to say, oh, I'm now not a teddy bear artist. Yeah. And it's quite, you've got to be brave to say, I'm now doing this or trying this. I mean, I remember worrying about breaking away from my colourful, exaggerated faces. You know, the ones that look a bit more like caricatures. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I was really scared that I was being... I don't know what's the word. You know when you chop and change things yeah. all the time? Yeah. Because, you, you know, I like experimenting. And I got really worried that I'd set up this sort of theme and this feel of my work and I'd kept it going for a few months. And I felt like people were starting to recognise that it was me through those. Yeah. And I was scared then of changing, which is it's kind of bizarre because it wasn't like I was selling them at the time which I would have understood more but I was kind of worried about changing again and being the person who just constantly chops and change yeah which which kind of but in the end you have to think well I'm not actually enjoying doing this anymore so you know I may as well change I may as well be brave and just swap you know and I'm so glad I did because I'm much much happier with what I'm doing and you might find which what I think I'm finding is that people actually prefer the newer stuff that you're doing and they might say nice stuff about that as well. And the worst that will happen is you'll get negative feedback on what you're doing and most people just keep their mouth shut anyway, unless they're really horrible. Um, you might get a few people, and I have, I have had people say, um, oh, I prefer your colourful stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't <clears throat> mind that. It's, it's mm. not that bad, is it? You know, I prefer what I'm doing now. So, yeah, I think sometimes to get to what really makes you happy or what really fulfills you you've really got to be brave and go for it and even if you end up saying okay I was wrong it wasn't right for me and you go back to what you were doing before that's fine as well yeah because you might try something new and realize actually you you don't particularly like it as much as you yeah. thought you would so okay you try and it. then you can just go back <clears throat> and yeah. adapt can't you what you were doing before exactly um, yeah, maybe you're scared to go to a workshop in person rather than online. 
And that might be because you are perhaps a shy or an introverted person, or it might be that you imagine everyone else is going to be much better than you. And uh, I remember the first workshop I ever went to, and I've spoken about this before. It was with Jean Haynes, who paints these Oh, these absolutely stunning, beautiful, loose watercolours. Well, of course, anyone who knows what I do, they, they, they'll know that it really wasn't a course that was suited to me or my personality, really. Um, but I was at stage at the time where I was still trying a lot of things to kind of find where I fit, I guess. Um, I mean, I really, brave. I, yeah, I did love watercolour. I really did. But the style, her style, it just didn't suit the kind of thing I was in, in, I think I was intended for in a way as, as, as an artist maybe. And yeah, the worst did happen for me. I did feel like I was the very worst in the class. Whether or not I actually was, I really don't know. But it certainly felt that way to me at the time. Um, and a couple of years later, I went to a different workshop uh, this time with Mike Skidmore, whose style is far more similar to my own. And instantly, I just got on really well with it. I was well within my comfort zone. I didn't feel out of place at all. I wasn't comparing my work with anyone else's. I was just enjoying what I was doing, you know, as well as the results I was achieving. I certainly wasn't re- looking around thinking, oh, my gosh, they're better than me at all. I, I just fit right in. And in fact, later on, I did another course with him on portraits, which, as you know, Tara, isn't the subject I paint very often at all. But again, it was a style. It was how, just how he uses his paints. And it just seemed to be, not, uh, you know, quite a natural um, style for me and a natural course for me to enjoy. So I guess, you know, the moral of the story is, is there is just to make sure that you're looking at the right workshop for you. And once you find one that you'd like to try, the best that could happen is you feel really great about your work and you don't feel embarrassed about it at all. The worst that could happen is that you do feel like you're the least experienced in the class. But if that's the case, what you have to remember is look at all the artists all around you and all the all of them you can pick things up from. You know, they're, they're not really looking at your work anyway and judging it. They've all been at the same stage as you at one time or another and can anyone really be that horrible anyway that they're looking at your work and thinking oh that's rubbish I mean I I I hope not (laughs) I I always it it, I always go back to as well a um the first life drawing class I ever did now this is going back a long time I was fairly new to to it all really and I remember being terrified to go to this life drawing class because again, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm probably going to be the least experienced. It's probably going to be terrible. Everyone else's work is going to be so much better than mine. And oh, they'll all be laughing at my work and thinking I'm out, I shouldn't be here. And all of these sorts that, you know, you have, especially as a beginner artist. Um, anyway, so I went to this, this thing and put that, I think there was easels all sort of um, kind of in a semicircle around this person who was going to be modeling <clears throat> and um I remember being so shy about doing this that everyone else was just going for it on a, a big sort of sheet of paper and I I just had this little lay for piece of paper I was like <laughs> and because I thought I can hide you know I can hide this no one's yeah. gonna see really hide the bits yeah and I can just kind of <laughs> uh, you know if someone comes up behind me hopefully they won't see it all and all this sort of stuff yeah. and meanwhile in the background there's this guy 
who, no word of lie, I promise you I'm not exaggerating here, he had a big smock covered in paint. He had, he had bought with him, I've never seen so many brushes, but they all looked like they'd just come out of a skip and they'd been used for years and years. That typical, what you'd imagine a proper artist would have, you know, these like um, bristles falling out sort of brushes. Um, he had a, a hat on and he had little round glasses and he was lunging at his canvas. So bear in mind, the whole room was quiet while this woman, I think there was a gentle music going on in the background, um, but the whole room was pretty quiet, really. Everyone was concentrating on what they were doing. And this one guy was lunging and just scrubbing at his canvas. And of course, I was sitting there thinking, oh, he must be so good, you know, he must, oh my gosh, he must be amazing. And there's me sort of doing this tiny little drawing because I didn't want anyone to see it. But the mortifying thing was, A, I wasn't obviously happy with what I was doing. At now, I would never do that. I'd walk in there with a bunch of charcoals um, and and chalks, big, big a paper. big bit of buff paper, and I would go in there and it wouldn't bother me at all. Um but at the time, obviously, I was very inexperienced. Anyway, when it was time for coffee, of course, everyone starts wandering around the room <laughs> and looking at everyone's, and I'm like, oh, please don't look at mine. And I found myself <laughs> rushing over to my easel and going, oh, no, don't look. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. It's absolutely awful. Apologising for it straight away. And it really wasn't that bad at all. It, it, just, it was just small and very... Ner- you could see the nerves, you know, radiating yeah. off of the paper. And But I then was looking around at other people's and, of course, I thought they were all wonderful, much better than mine. Funny enough, the, the artist who I was talking about there that was lunging and scrubbing, I, didn't, I couldn't make out really what it was. It was, it was obviously incredibly abstract and it was very blobby and I didn't recognise the figure in it at all. But I assumed, because he had such a artist's look and this confidence like radiating from him I just thought that must be a really amazing painting (laughs) yeah but it probably even after you'd seen it it just because he was so confident himself yeah that I then was very confident in what I was looking at must be brilliant (laughs) funny isn't it yeah yeah I mean the funny thing is if I'd gone to exact same class as you I wouldn't have worried about my art at all. Mm. Not that I think it would be a brilliant life drawing because I'm, I'm not that good at life drawing. But I would have been more worried about whether I would like the people. Yeah. There. And if I would fit in with the people, then yeah. I would... How how good about my drawing was wouldn't have, wouldn't have crossed my mind. <laughs> oh, see, I never worry about the people. I don't... If I don't... No, I, yeah. yeah, I would worry about that. Like, especially, if, like you say... Not while you're working, but if there's a lunch break involved. <laughs> I Are you worried about lunch you, break and might co- not like you or something? Oh no! I, I see. I don't. I wouldn't mind just sitting on my own having a cup of tea. Yeah. But it's just that um, you know when you just you're feel unsure. uncomfortable amongst people. Yeah, yeah. And as I, I can, I can talk like nobody's business to two or three people, just not when there's a lot of people. Yeah, we, well, one of the things we always said we wanted to do, Tara, is a TED Talk. How will you go? Well, that's different, though. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'll be terrified. But that's different because you're not actually 
no. conversing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're, you're standing it's, around with a group of eight <clears throat> people. Or you're having to mm. mingle and, and walk between one or the other. And you're having to Whereas hope you have things in common to talk about and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to like wander around. I can do it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If we ever do that TED talk, so if anyone's listening, we're up for a TED talk. <laughs> yeah, I think that should be that's something. Now that will be something we'll need to be very brave about doing, and because it's very different speaking to someone through a microphone when you can actually edit it to to speaking. Yeah, and we did the Adobe Max thing, and we were absolutely terrified, weren't we? But you, know, you that, were great at that. Uh, but I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. But yeah, I just got on with it. I just put my my artist head on and thought, okay, let's do this. TED talking. I don't know. I just don't know. Would I go blank? That's the thing. Would can you imagine me going blank tar and having no words we wouldn't well we'd have to get together and actually rehearse it together wouldn't we and then at least yeah. we'd both know each other's parts so we could both step in so it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. matter so much exactly I think it's different when there's two of you I, I do believe it's, it's nice to have yeah. someone else sort of to be brave with I think be brave alongside yeah, yeah. but actually that leads us quite well into our next point and that is maybe you're scared to speak about your art. Now, mm. we actually created a whole episode about this. It's episode 112 because it's something, as you probably realise now from me saying, that it actually bothers me. Perhaps we should do an episode about what to talk to people while you're having your coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Tara, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> but oh, well, like we need to do anything. another episode on how to shut me up. You'll probably be fine because most of them will probably be like me, and they won't. They'll be nervous talking, so you you won't actually get a word in edgeways. If it's a small group, I'm not so bad. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. And I'll talk the talk the hind legs of a donkey like that. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, that talking about your art can be really tricky. So if you want to listen to what we said about that, go to episode twelve. But I actually was really brave the other day, and I told you about this. Yeah. And I put my put my name down to speak at an NFT event in London. I'm now, gobsmacked you did that. I'm gobsmacked I did it as well. Now, I don't think I will get it. I haven't heard anything from them, um, because I haven't done any speaking before, apart from us getting filmed for the Adobe event. But I will be absolutely scared to death if they say yes. It's one of those things where you put... <laughs> Put your name down and you say, please don't let me get it. Please don't let me get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I did that thing, like I said before, where I, it was actually someone on Twitter posted about it saying, oh, um, artists, you should all think about doing this and speaking about this. And I looked at it, I thought, no, no. And I thought, just do it. So before I could talk myself out of it, I just yeah. went and applied, which is slightly bonkers. So we'll I think see what there's a secret there. to it, and it's just exactly what you've just said. Don't um, hesitate. Just think say yes it. and think about it. Worry about it afterwards. Yeah, I think that's totally... It is that year of yes thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like we said before. Um, but there are a lot of good things that can happen if you do actually talk about your art. And, of course, an example of that is you actually make a sale. But if you don't make a sale, you might also make a new friend or get some great advice about what you're doing. Or you might find someone who wants to represent you or a gallery who wants to show your work. Um, and actually, I actually made a sale when I spoke for the first time in a Twitter space. So it is definitely worth thinking about doing I haven't done it since. <laughs> do you think <laughs> though it's admit. do you think it's different though speaking about your art 
via a keyboard than it is in person. See, now I, I, I have much more of a problem with doing it in person <clears throat> than I, I do online, you know, on the, behind a computer. Oh, this was voice, though. Oh, I see. Oh, right. I, I see I'm not familiar with the Twitter space. I don't do a lot of Twitter, yeah. so... A Twitter space is a bit like a, you know, a Zoom call, but without the video. Oh, okay. So right, it's right. voice only, and it's kind of like a live podcast, I guess, a live ah. voice podcast, where there'll be people chatting, and then they'll bring up people from the audience mm. to talk about their art. Ah, okay. And so I wasn't intending doing that, going up, but somebody was on the panel who I'm connected to, um, who likes my art, so he invited me up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, the worst that could happen is people yawn and just change the subject. Or with the, with something like a Twitter space, people just go, yeah, okay. You know, and then they forget about it. Yeah. They've forgotten about it within 10 minutes because yeah. they're more interested in them, aren't they, than they are in you. Yeah, yeah, most likely. Speaking of... Well, that is so true, isn't it? Nobody really cares as much about you as you do. <laughs> <laughs> sounds no, so narcissistic I think it's more that you're too busy worrying about what other people think of you to worry about them what you think of them and I think it's the same works both ways yeah exactly yeah I don't I don't necessarily think it's that everyone's thinking about themselves like oh I'm wonderful I think it's more that they're worrying no. about you thinking about what you know you think <laughs> when in fact nobody's yeah, so thinking that's, that's about what I mean. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're on there thinking, oh, God, I hope people like what I'm saying. I yeah. hope they don't think I'm an idiot, and, mm. you know. And they're actually thinking, oh, what am I going to say when I go up? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, speaking of speaking, I remember the first time um, I was invited to be on a podcast. And uh, if you're listening to me now, you probably won't believe that I was absolutely terrified. I mean really scared and I I nearly said no but um I decided I really should push myself and actually say yes and honestly through that podcast episode I was having an absolute heart attack the whole way through it even though you know I knew that it could be edited but you know it's still I was still terrified just to talk to a random stranger on the phone oh well not on the phone by computer um but if I hadn't done that podcast then Tara, you wouldn't have heard me on it, would you? And that led no. to you inviting me to be on your podcast and we would never have met and kicking the creative wouldn't even exist. And anyone who's interested to actually hear that podcast, whether it's still up or not, I don't know. It's, it's the Your Creative Push podcast. I don't know. And Mike Young, he did it for a long, long time and he was such a lovely, lovely guy, really, really lovely guy. And I couldn't have... He couldn't have made me less nervous if he tried. He's such a nice down-to-earth, lovely man. But um, I was, despite that, I was still absolutely terrified. But, you know, the fact that what's come out of that, that podcast since then, is a classic example of the best that could happen, isn't it, if you say yes to something like that? And, of course, every time... Well, you might say it's the worst that could happen. Well, for you. (laughs) 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 
thanks, Tara. <laughs> and of course, every time, every time you do something like that, you get more confident at it. I mean, it was only a few weeks ago, wasn't it, that I was invited onto the Reb Chat co- uh, podcast um, by a lady. I think it, her name's Kathy Dixon. And do you know, I wasn't nervous at all. I, I, you know, she didn't sort of. She briefly sort of said, "Oh, I'll probably ask you things like this." But normally, I'd be going, "I need to know all the questions in advance so I can kind of like worry about what I'm going to say." I don't feel like that at all now. If somebody asks me on the podcast, I'm really just happy to just chat about art and not worry about it. Um, I'm not remotely nervous anymore. I kind of just look at it as a way of meeting new people who like talking about the same things as I do. So, yeah, I mean, if I think about the difference between me now and how I feel, if somebody says, oh, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And, And me back then... I'm an entirely different person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, another thing you might be scared of is rejection. And certainly if I hadn't pushed past that and learned to accept rejection, then I, I would never have got anywhere. I do think that artists have to have a, a thick skin, don't they? Because if you didn't, well, you, you'd be scared of everything. But, of course, it takes a lot of rejection, doesn't it, to develop that thick skin, which isn't a lot of fun, Um, I think it's just hard not to take things personally. But I think the thing to remember about art, particularly art, is that it is so subjective. So what one person likes, another won't. What one gallery wants hanging on their wall, the other one won't. And what one judge thinks is a winning painting, another one would just put straight to the bottom of the pile. It's literally about taste at the end of the day, and everyone's taste in art differs hugely. So, you know, the worst that can happen... Someone says, no, they don't like what you're doing. Um, Well, so what? (laughs) The next person might love what you're doing and say a big fat yes, you know? So just go for it. I think that's one of the reasons we as artists often want someone else to represent us with our art. You know, we want a gallery to represent us. We want an Mm. agent to represent us. It's because they, they are then, they're not personal about it. They don't, you know... I don't mean they don't care, they do, but they they don't see it as it's a personal insult if someone says no. Mm. They just see it as a business transaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, we are, you're right, we've got to get a bit harder about stuff like that. Um, but going back to what you were saying about being on the podcast and how scared you were, Yeah. Um, I was watching this TV programme the other day and it was, uh, it's a fictional thing, about newsreaders and it was in the set in the 80s oh i saw that advertised and i nearly put that one of those on what's it like oh yeah it, yeah it was all right i've only seen the first one kevin wasn't that keen but basically this guy he um he's gonna be the newsman for the first time and he goes on and he says he's like they're going to slow down in between when they're recording they go slow down slow down oh god and, uh, <laughs> and he's he's saying everything so so quickly and I know I talk quickly, but I can remember when I first started doing the podcast or when you'd asked me to record an intro for the podcast, Yeah, it would be done at such a speed. Do you remember? I do. You do. So Actually, thinking about it, you do. You are very much a person who speaks quickly when you're nervous. Yeah, yeah I do. Mm. Definitely. Which is what he was doing yeah. as well. But now... I probably speak too quickly on the podcast, but if I have to record an intro or anything like that, I speak much more slowly. Yeah. 
And you always used to say I sounded bored. <laughs> <laughs> and I, know, I remember because... saying to you, just slow down, remember, it's only me you're talking to. <laughs> oh, that was when we were doing the, the Adobe Max, wasn't it? We had to kind of do this little podcast bit. Yeah, that I was really nervous. You were nervous about but, that. I was like, Tara, it's just you and me. Just you and me. And then you were fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then you slowed right down. You and me and the film crew. <laughs> but yeah, but it is funny how how things like that but you can notice how you change over time like now as well if I record an intro I don't have to do it 10 times yeah because I used to do it and I'd trip over all the words yeah it's, it's so weird I know that's totally off track isn't it well, so let's go really. back it's not really because it's you you're you know you've overcome all of these the fear. fears by doing being yes. brave yeah, I mean, I still trip up my words, but it's not as bad as it used to be. It gets better. No, and I, I always make you sound way more intelligent than you actually are when I edit. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that is a lie. I hardly have to edit at all these days, to be honest. So so another thing you might be is scared to have an exhibition because that is something a lot of artists dream of having this exhibition of their, you know, their solo exhibition of their own work. To be honest, I don't. But they might have the fear of rejection that no one is going to show show up or maybe that nobody likes their work. So to combat this, to start with, you could take it slowly, do either a joint or a combined group exhibition and then build up. And the best that will happen is you'll gain some sales or you'll get some new people actually hearing about you and maybe you'll get some press. Maybe you'll be invited to exhibit again and maybe lots of people will show up. And the worst that can happen is you only get a few people show up and you can just put that down to being it your first time of doing something and put it up to experience. Because once I think sometimes once you've got that first time out of the way, everything seems easier then, doesn't it? It's that first time of doing everything. Yeah. Because you don't know what to... It's a not yeah. knowing what to expect is the problem, I think. Do you remember being so really nervous about your first ever kiss? Oh, God, yes. Wasn't it terrible? I was really old as well. Were you? Yeah, I was 15. Wow. I remember practising on the back of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? And on George Michael's poster in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, did you? <laughs> yeah. How old were you? Oh, I Your can't remember. Proper snob. I don't know, about nine. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. What, the one that went well, you mean? <laughs> No, just your first snog attempt. First snog attempt. Oh my gosh. I was probably I was probably 14, 13. Oh right. Well you're an old oldie as well. But it was I was terrified. I, I just remember thinking, but how do I know um which way he's going to put his head and you know, how am I gonna not bump his nose? And what if we bump teeth and <laughs> and it was yeah. I remember my first kiss being an awful experience just thinking that was horrible I don't didn't like that at all <laughs> but I think yeah. it was because I was I was terrified and I was trying too hard and I did not know what I was doing when I actually really really liked someone it came a bit more naturally you see and that's the thing <laughs> do you well, think we've slightly anyway. gone off topic <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I don't want to go further onto that subject I don't know where it'll lead <laughs> no <laughs> that's true yeah, so if you have an exhibition, don't make it the time you have your first kiss as well. We don't recommend that. No. Oh, my first ex- exhibition, you know, I did it with... Well, I no. thought you were going to say my first. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going down that route. Uh, my my first 
exhibition was easy because it was with a group of other people and I just had to send my work and it got sent back because it was up in, uh, oh, miles away somewhere, miles and miles away. The second exhibition I ever did was with my friend and we did it together. So that was quite good because we kind of, you know, we were taking on the... Well, you know, when you... It's a lot of work, isn't it? An exhibition is quite a lot of work. You've got to... You've got to think about food and drink and where you're going to hang things and how you're going to hang things and oh, it's, and will people show up and it's invites and it's this and it's that. And I have been invited to exhibit, like do a solo exhibition a couple of times actually since then, but there's a big part of me that thinks, oh, it's such a lot of work <laughs> for one person to do. It really is. But I, I, do, I do need to do it. But it's not the being scared part now. It's more the... Oh, God, have I got time to organise that all by myself? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I must admit, it's never appealed to me, really. No. Really hasn't. And you feel really like you're just inviting people and hope they'll buy something. And it's, that's yeah. not, I don't feel comfortable doing that, you know. Or you're, you feel like you're inviting people to stare at your work, which again, I don't feel, there's something about that that says, oh, you know, come and look at my stuff. <laughs> but yeah. that is the point of it at the end of the day. If you're an artist and that's what you do and you're selling, then you have to do that. But there is an element to it that's a bit like you feel a little bit narcissistic, don't you? And it's it's not that way. It isn't. But you can't help no, feeling I, that I, way. I think I'd feel as well that if I um, if I was to have an exhibition and try and invite people that I know. Mm. Well, I'm not. I'm not very extrovert anyway, so I don't know that no. many people. But but <laughs> if I did, I'd feel like the people I don't know are people I don't know. People I know, my art probably wouldn't appeal to them anyway. Yeah, because you imagine they would have already bought something. Yeah, because they've seen it. I mean, well, no, more. I just don't think my faces. I think are quite. Um, they're not mainstream, are they? No. They're not like oh, a nice landscape or a traditional portrait no. or so it's not something that anybody would buy no if you know what I mean mm. so if my mum and dad you know a couple of their friends when they're like these are a bit weird aren't they <laughs> it's just not the market if you know what I mean yeah yeah the thing is as yeah. well when it's someone you know very well they'll be quite honest when they're oh yeah it's not your best and it can make you think yeah. oh no <laughs> that's that something my mum would say <laughs> yeah so going on to something a bit less scary than an exhibition, maybe you're just scared to take part in a challenge because you're worried you won't see it through to the end. And the reality of it is it's very unlikely that anyone is going to notice apart from you. And the best thing that can happen is that you do see it through to the end and you see a really big improvement in your work from doing it. And the worst that can happen is that you don't complete the challenge, but you still hopefully would have drawn more than you would have done if you hadn't taken part at all. And the point of a challenge, it's not to make you feel bad if you don't complete it. It's about getting you to do more work than you normally would. So if you just manage one or two drawings, then it's still a step forward, regardless of whether you did the whole thing or not. And obviously, you know, anyone who's listening that is not familiar with what we're actually about, we have loads of challenges on our website kickinthecreatives.com for you to choose from but you know it's it's not something to be scared of just just go for it because you can only get good things from it you can't get anything bad from it can you tara no i mean i always get scared when i start a challenge i know that sounds really stupid mm. and i have actually talked myself out of them 
for a long time. Yeah, but it's interesting because they're normally challenges you you set for yourself. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. I set. I have this idea of what I want to do and this challenge I'm going to do. Like fifty ways to draw a face. I'd had that in my head for ages and talk myself out of doing it because it's like it's one of those things when you start questioning yourself. So it's like so fifty ways to draw a face. My premise for that is premise the right word. My idea for that was that I would choose a face, like a photographic reference, and then I would draw that in 50 different ways. And it would just give me the chance to experiment and play with different styles. So I thought, okay, I really like this idea, but I kept on putting it off because it's a big commitment when you're going to do that because you know that you need to put aside, like, well, at least half an hour a day, but possibly a couple of hours. And, you know, I really wanted to do something good with it as well. And so I was scared to do it. And eventually I did do it. And I'm so glad I did because that has done so much to move my art forward. In fact, that I would say is why I'm now drawing the way I do now. Yeah. Which is a style I really love. Yeah. Just from doing that 50 days. But it was actually being prepared to commit to those 50 days. Um. That was probably scarier scarier than actually doing it. I think once you'd got past the first day, you were like, okay, yeah, but it's also that thing. Yeah, but it's also that thing, isn't it? When when you get up in the morning, and obviously I was really lucky because I had quite a lot of time to do that. But some people think, oh God, you know, how am I going to fit this in when I've got to do all this different stuff? But you also get someday and you think, oh, do you know what? I do know what to do this, or I can't think of what to do with it this time, and then. You know, I did some really bad drawings and I look back at them now and there's some I love and there's some I hate and there's some that it's just like, you can tell I didn't want to do it and I just did it to do something. But out of all that, I got something that really served me well. Yeah, so Um, even all the ones that you you did that you don't like, they, they 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 taught you something. They taught you, oh, this is how I don't want to do it, so let me try something new, so I'll try something else, so... Yeah, or... Or they taught me sort of the commitment thing. And also, because of that, that is why I saw the video with Cara Bullock when she was um, showing how to use charcoal with gesso she used it with. Yeah. And um, if I'd have normally seen that, I'd just say, oh, yeah, that's interesting. But I wouldn't have done anything with it because there'd be no reason to do anything with it. But because I saw it and I'm thinking, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. I think, oh, okay, I might as well try that because... I want to do something with that. I didn't do it exactly the way she did it, and I've developed it so much from there. But that was the start, trying that new medium out. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm so glad I did that. But also, you might be too scared to contact someone who might be able to help you with your art. And that could be just to have a chat and get some advice, or maybe that would be to reach out to someone who might help you with business. They might be able to license your art or or do something to help you that way. And now the best that can happen is you'll make a new creative friend and or maybe learn from them or a new business sort of partner. And the worst that can happen is they probably don't uh, respond to you because the majority of these things you'll probably do by email initially. And it's really funny because I don't know about you, but I have absolutely no problem. I'll contact anybody by email doesn't bother me in the slightest if you had to pick up the phone but i have a real problem <laughs> yeah i'd be the same but but also when i send out these emails sort of asking for something or you know requesting something i will be worrying that they'll say yes 
Oh, that's hilarious. Hoping and worrying yeah, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's strange, bizarre. Strange feeling, isn't it? Being yeah. scared that they'll say something positive. But, yeah, I don't know. Even, no, even, <clears throat> even I'll be scared. Like, say you reach out to someone and say, oh, I'm really, you know, I could really do some help from this. Would it be possible to arrange a chat or whatever? I'll be worried they'll say yes, because then I have to talk to them <laughs> online and I don't know them. <laughs> Oh, God, you're so funny. You are so funny and weird, Tara. Thank you. (laughs) I'll Um, take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Take it as a compliment, if you like. (laughs) No, you take it as a compliment. I mean it as a compliment. There's nothing nice about being... There's nothing um, interesting about being normal, Tara. So you're all right. Anyway, another thing you might be scared of is uh, perhaps doing a live stream, particularly if you're actually going to draw in a live stream. So anyone who doesn't know what a live stream is, it's one of the, like a, a live FaceTime video that you put out on Facebook or, or Instagram. And it's kind of, yeah, real time. And <clears throat> Tara and I, I think we've done one, haven't we? One or two maybe live, but we're not we've drawing. We've done some Zooms, haven't we? Yeah. And well, Zooms, Oh, no. Yeah. We, yeah. I think we did yeah. a couple of um, a live Instagrams or, or just to test them out really, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've both done time-lapse videos of ourselves drawing before and then putting it out there, but there's something very different about drawing live in front of a camera. And for some reason, for me, it, especially even when I first started just filming what I was doing in my own time, just to perhaps put out for kicking the Creatives, um, I always remember that as soon as the camera started rolling, I just did not feel like I could engage with my pencil in the same way as I would normally when it was just a natural thing without that fear that oh my gosh I've got to do this right because I'm filming it you know it's really weird so you know in it inevitably if I draw with someone perhaps hanging over my shoulder or the camera is rolling then generally I don't know why but things just don't go always the way they might otherwise I don't know whether it's just because I feel conscious and maybe I stiffen up I don't know but I think that's something that gets easier with the experience. Um, so that's something that you and I are going to be trying out a bit more over the coming year, isn't it? Actually doing it live. Because, you know, the best thing that can happen is we're going to have some fun doing it. Even if it, even if that fun is basically laughing at each other's terrible work. <laughs> and yeah. saying, oh my God, look at that, it's terrible. But, you know, the worst that could happen is your drawing really is awful. Um, but you know, those watching aren't necessarily going to agree. And and even if they do, you just own it. You go, you know, drawing live is hard. It's hard. It's not, doesn't come naturally to me. It's one of those things that will come naturally the more you do it. That's the thing. Yeah, funnily enough, what you said about having the video, just not live streaming, just normal recording yourself. I pretty much record everything I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly, nearly every piece I do I record, apart from when it was really, really hot, you know, yeah, last week. Yeah, God, yeah. Because it was, I couldn't have the lights on, it was just, oh. they were too too hot, I had the lights on near me. But since I've been having it all the time, I don't really even think about it now. No. I don't think about the camera being on. What so about what about a really live stream, it. though? What do you think about that? Oh, so, yeah, it will bother me then, but yeah, because I haven't done it. And because when I record myself normally, I don't have to show it if it's rubbish. Yeah. I mean, we we did some live drawing, didn't we, on the Adobe Max. It was just like a two-minute sketch or a five-minute sketch or something yeah. like that. And and even then, you know, it was very different than something that 
I, I felt very different about drawing than I would normally. It's just that. Yeah. I'm, and having a massive then, camera the size of a telescope leaning over your shoulder with some great big, what do you call those big furry things that hang? Boom pole. What? Oh, the boom pole. A boom pole boom hanging pole. above your head. Yes. It's a bit unnerving, isn't it? It's like, oh, God, yeah. please don't. <laughs> And also, to be fair, we were actually sitting in a cafe. Yeah. And we had like these five or six people around us all recording. And then other people were looking to see what was going on. So and they were. They, that I think wasn't they thought we were normal. filming like an episode of EastEnders or something. I don't know. You told them we were filming EastEnders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some guy just came up and said, Oh, <laughs> can I just, do you mind if I just ask you, what is it you're, um, what is it you're filming? I was like, Oh, um, EastEnders. <laughs> I did put him yeah. right. I did put him right. I said, oh, I'm only kidding. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I oh. said, oh, no, only, only kidding. Not EastEnders. Just just a little oh. thing about drawing. <laughs> but scary enough for, for us anyway. <laughs> yeah. Another thing you might be scared of is being scared to teach. Now, you might think, oh, I'd really like to teach some art. You know, now you know a little bit about what you're doing, what you've learned, you, you know, your skill. Um, because you might be scared that you're not good enough. But the thing is, whatever level we're at, whether we've got loads of experience or whether we're much more novice, we're always one or two steps ahead of other people. And sometimes you can actually be a better teacher if you're only just a tiny bit ahead of them because you know all those pitfalls that they're going through when they're a complete beginner. So I think Sometimes if you want to do something like that, just go for it because the best that can happen is you make some money from the teaching and the worst that can happen is that you don't make any money and you've wasted, well, not wasted some time, but you put a lot of time in. But what you'll probably find is that in that time that you put in, you've learned a lot. So you might have learned how to film and edit videos. You might have learned how to structure a course and all those things might come in useful in the future. Maybe that's just for filming your own art or for filming yourself for social media. But those skills can be really useful. And finally, maybe you are scared to draw in public, which is, I suppose is a little bit like drawing live on, you know, on video, but, but out and about. And there's always that chance, isn't there? Someone will come and look over your shoulder. And this is something Tara and I can definitely relate to. And I remember we both felt like that when we first started going out sketching together but after a few times we kind of started to find it I don't know quite a bit easier didn't we we even got to a point where we weren't even that bothered if people were watching um we'd often get someone coming over and looking at our shot over our shoulder wouldn't we and we kind of we got used to that we learned that the best that can happen is you feel loads of pages of your sketchbook well Tara does <laughs> me not quite so many and some of them are really great and the worst that can happen is someone looks over your shoulder or your sketches are all a bit pants, maybe, and you just have to pick yourself up, brush yourself down, try another day. And what we found is that the sketches we thought were really bad sometimes, the people looking over our shoulder thought were amazing. And, and even more interestingly, sometimes we look back on a few days later at our own drawings that we didn't like and go, oh, actually, mm, I quite like this one. So... um we haven't had a lot of sketching days. In fact, we haven't had any this year because normally we like to go, I reckon we normally try and get three or four in a year, don't we? But yeah. we haven't, just haven't had the chance to do that this year. So I really hope we can get one fit, you know, in before Christmas, maybe in September or something. But um, I'll be well out of practice again, Tara. So I will be scared. I will be being brave again to draw in public. <laughs> 
I think it's a lot easier with two of you as well. Something yeah, like. if definitely. you have got a friend that you can go with, because if you're mm. both drawing, you can chat while you're drawing. You don't feel so don't feel vulnerable. So when I say vulnerable, I mean vulnerable as in someone's going to look over your shoulder. That's all I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, the people yeah. that look over your shoulder are normally people are just in awe of what you're doing because they've never done anything like that. So they they're going to think it's great anyway, regardless of whether you you know what you think. Anyway. We had the question last time, didn't we? And that was, what is the biggest hurdle you have that gets in the way of your art? Is it the fear? Well, Abigail Johnson says, it is the fear. Fear that I'll make something and not like how it looks. I know I'll only get rustier and rustier if I don't just dive in, but fear of failure is quite the beast. All I can say about that is I had that for a long time, um... And I wasted six months staring at a blank sketchbook that I had bought to fill when I very first started. And once I started, I realised that was the beginning of my um, adventure, I guess you could say, to where I'm at now. And if I hadn't have ever, if that fear I'd let that get the better of me, I, I wouldn't be the artist I am today. So just get on with it, Abigail. This is your kick in the creatives. Yes. Get on with it. <laughs> Just and do don't it. buy a really posh sketchbook no. either to start because you'll be scared to ruin it. Exactly, yeah. Buy a cheap one. We, we, have, uh, um, got... we have got um, loads and loads of podcast episodes on things like that. So it might be worth you actually looking right back to some of the earlier episodes, which talks a lot about procrastinating and, you know, getting rid of the fear of sketching and all that stuff. So to have a little look back, you'll find some really useful um, episodes, I think. Uh, I've got Ben King, and he says, time, 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week, working 40 hours, volunteer work, family time. There's only so much time in the day to make sure everything is still running and then to try and get any artwork done. I think that's a common problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabriella Pop, same here, only time for sketches. I'd need four or more hours in one go. So I've got Andy W. Art, and he says, clutter. My better half has so much junk. It's literally a hurdle getting into the studio. I think I need to build a new garden studio again. I'm like that. If I, I can't work in clutter. I've got Sharon Boone. There is so much that I want to do with art that sometimes it's overwhelming. I've got Mary Flynn. She says, actually doing it. I'm easy distractive and everything is a distraction. I've got phones phones and internet that's so much and social media so much for distraction turn it off <clears throat> turn it off that's all you can do um roving j comparitis and perfectionism rather than believability yeah i i think most artists can relate to that at one stage or another i've got wyla wonders and she says needing to eat three times a day and providing the same for my family. And then lots of laughy faces. <laughs> uh, Leanne Worth. Me. My confidence and my belief in myself. Yeah. Um, sumo art. The problem is time. Or more specifically, putting myself before everyone else and everything else I should be doing. Learning self-worth is ongoing. Yeah. I can't actually read what this one says. Is it? I think it's J-I-Y underscore no. I think it's J-J-Y it underscore no. Oh, is it? J-J-Y. Okay, apologies. J-J-Y underscore no. Time, definitely. Lulu Doodles. The day job is quite all-consuming, so time and energy mostly. Yeah, that's so true. You know, for the people who work 
I mean, I I have a day job. It's part. It's not full time, full time, but it's still a day job. And by the time sometimes I finish that, I'm like, oh gosh, I I'm I have a creative time of day as well. I'm always feeling a lot more creative sort of morning than I do afternoon, which is so annoying. Because if I had a, like if I felt like that more in the afternoon, I'd get much more done. Because I yeah, I actually feel more creative in the morning as well. Yeah, not yeah. early morning, but. Mm. Lucky my studio is yeah. sort of built onto the office, so when I do have quiet times in the morning, I can just scoot in and out if I'm just sketching or something. So I'm quite lucky like that. But yeah. Anyway, do you think Lulu Doodles? Do you think <clears throat> Doodles is her last name? <laughs> Such a cool name, isn't it, for an artist? I always um, it'd be great if it was your last yeah, name. Yeah, I always thought that about Joanna Penn, who's an author, and it's P E double N. But I still think that's a cool name for someone who who yeah. um, who writes books. <laughs> Okay, so we have a brand new question for you, which is, what art-related thing have you been scared to do and why? So what art-related thing have you been scared to do and why? So I say art-related thing, so I don't mean snogging or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) So as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I would suggest you do. Um, we'll put the question up there and also on the Facebook page and of course on our Instagram which is kick in the creatives and we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out about how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges and of course there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and if you're enjoying the podcast we'd be so grateful if you would leave us a little review maybe or even just a star rating if you um get a chance it really does help us to keep this going so uh, yeah please do oh, we really could do with some reviews we haven't had any phrases oh no yes please somebody review us <laughs> yeah. only nice ones though <laughs> yeah and don't forget, if you want to keep up with everything we're doing, if you go over to our website, kickingthecreatives.com, we've got a newsletter sign-up form over there, and you'll get two newsletters a month. There'll be one that gives you little tips. We'll send you maybe some tutorial videos that we found that I think are really useful that might help you with the challenges. And then you'll get one that just tells you all the challenges we've got coming up, plus the podcast that we've just had on. Basically, it's a catch-up with everything yeah. we've been doing. only relevant stuff, so it won't, it's not spammy or anything like that. And don't forget, if you no. do enjoy what we do and, and you enjoy the work that we put into Kicking the Creatives and you'd like help support us, you can do so by buying us a coffee. Um, you can find the link to the Kofi on our website. And we want to say our... Um, latest thank yous to our supporters and they are this month Gabriella Pop thank you for organizing all this these things I'm so happy I found you you keep me busy and I can see some success I hope you like the coffee <laughs> and uh, Gabriella Pop she's been with uh, kicking the creatives group since I think I think probably almost day one hasn't she and I think oh, she's I think done two or three years at least and yeah. I think she's done kick three six five at least back to back at least twice or maybe three times and she's always been such an active member and yeah so yes thank you Gabrielle for your support as well Cindy Johnson is uh, is another one 
Uh, she says, thank you for all you do to support and encourage the artist's heart living in all of us. I love that. Thank you so much, Cindy. And thanks again to Joanna Brown, who continues to support us um, in what we do. You all do help to keep this podcast going. It would be a much more of a struggle without, without you chipping in. So thank you very, very much. And we will see you next time. Yeah, see ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. So, the best thing that can happen, Tara, the dog's walking through the kitchen. Hang on a minute. I thought I could hear him. Yeah, let me just, I'll let him, he's obviously going out for a wee, hold on. <laughs> It's just going to stand there and stare at me now. Hang on. Is it going to... I think he's just come to have a drink. I can hear him. They take ages to drink. Oh, God, yeah. And they like to slop it all over the floor. Yeah. So, okay, let's go on to something a bit more simple. <laughs> I thought he'd gone Is that out him? already. No, Is that yeah. him? No, yeah, he's just gone out. Sorry, I thought he'd already gone out. <laughs> <laughs>